Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are going to spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the JVG NBA Tribute Show. My name is Marco, joined as always by my co-host here, Lucas. Lucas, how are you? I'm, I'm pretty well today, a bit tired though as well. I'm very tired. I'm awesome. very tired, thanks for asking. How are you? I'm pretty tired actually. Yeah, well maybe we should keep this one short and sweet. I feel we'll like we, short and sweet. we always say that, we never stick to it. However, coming off the back of our 1 hour 45 ep, and next week's going to be a big one as well. Let's actually keep it short and sweet. Yeah, I just think... um. I'm just always so tired in December. I never have any energy at all in this month. Mm. At all. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a draining time. Yeah. I recall maybe about three to four weeks ago, uh, I was invited to an event and someone said, just want to save the date. It's going to be in Christmas. Actually, it was even, no, it was about that time. It was like, just want to save the date. I know it's a crazy time of year and everyone's busy. And I was like, this is crazy. This, this is the first thing that's been planned in my December. I reckon two days later, December, full. Absolutely full. Was this the winery tour? Yeah. Yeah. That was like that was like the the anchor point yeah. in December. And then I was like, oh shit, there's something on every single other day. Plus, work's just fucking people people who have jobs where they like basically don't do work in December. Shut the fuck up. I'm gonna <laughs> kill you. Yeah. Um I know of a few people working at my papa's office that actually have so much work in December that they stopped taking on new work in October because yeah. they've been so busy through December. But yeah. they're still busy through December. But that's it. Like, you have to fucking, you have to finish projects before the end of the year. Whereas yeah. other people go, ah, we're not going to do anything It's basically the end of the year. Yeah. Like, there's, a, there's a disconnect here, I think. I think we've got to reorganize our society so it's not like... <laughs> so are you, are you, are you like, pedal to the metal all December? Yeah, bro. We're, like, we're fucked. And we're, like... <laughs> <laughs> this week we just we had two sea shipments which we're like oh cool they're gonna come at the beginning of december that'll be that'll keep us nice and well stocked for all of december uh and obviously they're both two weeks late because mm. obviously uh and we've just been like fucking so anxious to get them that like that's that's the busy feeling is like oh well, we need those ships yeah. to be here right now so like yesterday i yeah i drove out to tullamarine in a van and like loaded uh like 700 kilos into it from the shipper because we like couldn't wait for them to come out and then t- this afternoon i was waiting to do the same thing i was like i had my hand hovering over the book van <clears throat> yeah uh and and yeah and then it wasn't ready so it's like it's another day of like when the fuck am i going to be finished with my job for the year so yeah. you guys sell this book van <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right i see how it is <laughs> <laughs> no it is it is pretty crazy usually i um I get the December wave because I'm like end of uni and now uni's fucking over forever. So hey. But like usually it's just like, let's just get Lucas on deadlines all December. And I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of love it because it's so yeah, high right. pressure. But then like one bad sleep and I'm, I'm like <laughs> just so sour. But I love like having, because I'm very, um, I'm very lucky. You know, I'm definitely the uh, beneficiary of nepotism. And, oh, yeah. Uh, accessibility. I have an accessibility that most people don't have. So when I get like dropped into this like mm. high pressure situation where I just have to help everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels good. It feels like I'm kind of, it's kind of the give and take mm. that mm. that I that I signed up for. Um, well, speaking of the thing that you said about twenty seconds ago, how was your graduation, dude? I don't know if anyone here is familiar with RMIT, <laughs> the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology University. <laughs> yeah. So I hate that place, right? <laughs> they put on. For graduation. You liked it. Baker Boy played. Oh my God. Last year, Peking Duck played. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was That's at Marvel good. Stadium. There were like 60,000 people there. I'm trying to think who played when I... It was someone really good as well. Yeah. But like the whole experience, how did you How did you find it? I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it. I feel as though the whole show could have been a bit shorter. Mm. Um, when you're sitting in your seat, watching everyone accept their awards, it's kind of cool, but it's kind of it, it kind of drags on, especially when you get there so early. Mm. And then there's, there was a bit too many intro shows. Um, like this one actor did three songs. It was Jessica Malboy. Oh my God, yeah. there you go. Um, but like my parents were sitting in the stands and they were like, it was like, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Like it was nice from where we were sitting. Yeah, I've actually, I've, I've heard that as an observer, it's good. You know what? I think the year I did it and the year Alex did it, both years, it was like 38 degrees. Oh yeah. And being in that fucking gown, mm. sitting 
waiting for what feels like an eternity yeah. to walk up to one of the 14 stages and accept. There was 20. <laughs> there was 20. Yeah. My fucking God. Uh, yeah, that was like, what, what the fuck am I doing here? But I, it, might have tried, it might have just been the discomfort from the heat. Like, yeah. you just couldn't enjoy any of it. Yeah, I want to see... I'm just getting up right now the um the live stream links. Mm. I want to see if I can watch them so I can go to mine. I was stage P if anyone was Stage wanting. P. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. For Petritus. For Petritus, exactly right. <laughs> uh, if I could pinpoint exactly when I was, then I might I might I might no, actually I don't actually I have no fucking <laughs> this is such a this is such a bad this idea. It's going to take you forever. I don't I don't reckon it'll take me forever, you, but you, it'll take me close to it. You should have um I don't. This is. I don't think this is something we can achieve on a short podcast. Is what I'm trying. You're. you Oh, got it. <laughs> you actually got it. Yeah. No shitting. All right, Jamie, clip this. Here he is. <laughs> Dude, that's actually that's sick. I wish okay. I'd done that. So to be to 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 bring you behind behind the scenes behind the kimono as they say over at the DJ Shadow Podcast of uh, dot com. No hyphens. Um, the video is two hours and forty two minutes. <laughs> so for me to locate it that quickly, I don't know. I might yeah. add that to my resume as well as my certificate. That was crazy. Um, final final note on RMIT graduation. When I did it with my good friend Ariel Richards, who uh, now is a reporter for Vice Australia. Mm. I mean, come what on, that, bloody RMIT yeah, education. Bloody common, exactly right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, we waited. We were like in the same course, so you know. I'm I'm holding. She's Richards. We should have had like maybe fifteen people between us. Mm. We were sitting, you know, like down the row, like oh hello. <laughs> uh, and then it got to her spot in the queue, and like they didn't read her name out. Oh no! Uh, and then they're like, oh, just she like said something, something like oh just wait to the side, we'll sort it out. And they just like hadn't printed like oh my goodness a thing for her, a testimony for her. Oh no! So she literally waited for like fucking six hours. You know, you do the whole hoo-ha with the gown the day before. You you, you get in line. You're like you're sweating like a fucking pig for uh, this moment. For this moment. For this only this. It's moment. only for that one moment. That little moment where you went <laughs> on stage, uh, and she didn't even get it. <laughs> she didn't. She like didn't get to graduate. Basically. Oh, that's so horrible. I know. I know. Um, my, well, my final note did a bit of a quick ocular pattern of the situation. I reckon off purely off student payments alone. They made $3 million yesterday. Three million? Yeah. That's good. That's great. It's, <laughs> it's a fantastic. good amount of money for them. Fantastic. I reckon they would have put, I reckon they would have put anywhere between 1 and 1.4 million into it, mm. but they would have made about 1.5 at the very least. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope so. Yeah. Because renting out Marvel, yeah. that'd be a lot. Yeah. 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 It would be probably a million dollars. Do you reckon? <laughs> no, nah, I actually have no idea. I reckon we should look like, into it. And I reckon it'd be like 300k. I reckon we could do like a live show there or something. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even know what you could do to help. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we didn't come here to talk about live shows, did we? we no. Came here to, uh, we came here to celebrate. Yeah. Well, that's what I did. Oh. At the live show Well, yesterday. speaking of celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> It's coming home. Yeah. Grind hey, is coming home. We did it. We fucking did, <laughs> we it. did it. Without this podcast, who knows what would have happened to Brittany Grinder, man. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I know, I know. We're all excited, Jesus Marco. Christ. Uh, so Brittany Griner is coming home. It is in a prisoner swap for Victor Bout, the Merchant of mm-hmm, Death. Mm-hmm. Two characters who you're all familiar with if you listen to this <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, you heard it a thousand times. Um, so um, you might be recalling from the first time we ever broke... Uh, wind of a um, potential prisoner swap it was Victor about for I think it was Paul Whelan mm. and Brittany Griner and so this seems like it's gotten worse for the Americans and they like waited so much yeah. longer and uh, Griner had to stay in detention went to a penal colony in the end so I think pretty pretty poor move by the Americans in hindsight mm. um, not doing it earlier and also getting another American back uh, and I just think generally thinking that the Russians would have uh, cooperated I think I think that was on that point. The main thing is like I don't think there was any reality where they were doing a two for one. You know, yeah. Like the Russians, are like no, why would we do that? Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll just keep the other guy. How does this make sense? <laughs> yeah. One equals one. Exactly right. <laughs> that was fantastic, Russian. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think it is a good outcome. And like earlier reports are like she's like pretty healthy in a pretty yeah. good like headspace. 
um, you know, has like a very good outlet. Even like that little bit of vision of her, mm. you know, like on the plane, you're like, oh my God, like you're not like completely and utterly traumatized. Yeah. You know? Like it was a horrible experience, but you're, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I think that was the main thing. It was like, oh, okay, she's home and she's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and just happy for her. Happy mm. that she uh, is like fucking finally not uh, in jail anymore. Like she yeah. pretty much started her sentence. Um, hence the penal colony. Yeah. Um, uh, I listened to the WNBL show with Tiffany Mitchell. That was this week's episode. And she had some pretty nice words for Brittany Griner as well. Um, and yet just, yeah, I think it's a nice, it's, you know, just looking at the Griner side of things, it's a nice, um, it's nice that she's home and we can just like stop talking about her as a prisoner and yeah. restart talking about her as a basketball player yeah. next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was this, there's this one good tweet thread I saw that it was a sort of, it was a perspective I hadn't seen really. And it was like, it was so sincere and American just as a disclaimer, <laughs> but it was like, you know, people are like, Oh, look, you're training like a basketball player for this guy who like facilitated all of this, like, uh, you know, death and destruction, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, no, like the the Russian government valued a like literal weapons dealer. That's like mm-hmm. what that's that's what they valued here. They valued like this guy who's like a symbol of their like military strength mm-hmm. for their authoritarianism. Also a guy who was just like actually a criminal, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. he, he was definitely operating on behalf of Russia, but he was also just illegally selling weapons. Like yeah. uh and what America America valued was like, yeah, a, a basketball player, like, you know, a black woman who's like an inspirational sort of figure who's like culturally important, uh, you know, who there's like a lot of popular support for in mm. their home country. Like, you know, I'm not fucking, I, I am personally not going to stand here and be like, wow, America's just got great values. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, because I don't think it does. But it, I think it, it does say a lot that like, there was all this focus on like, oh yeah, but like, why would you trade Victor Bout? It's like, why would, why, why would like a civilized country care about getting a weapons dealer back yeah. who was in prison in another country? Like, you know, why would, why would a country that you, you kind of like feel good about want that? And I think it was really proven by it. The fucking first thing Victor Bout did when he went back to Russia is he went on Russian state. Did you see this? No. He went on Russian state TV and he did this interview about like, uh, <laughs> So it's like this guy's been in jail for weapons. Yeah. Like weapons smuggling for 15 years or however long it is. The first thing they get him on TV to talk about is about like how woke's gone mad in America no. and like the LGBTQI agenda. And like oh my how the, God. in America, there are 60 genders and all this shit. It's like, bro, fucking like, how is this not as humiliating as being in in a prison in America. <laughs> like the first thing that the Russian government does is peddles you out to be like, yeah, American American culture is corrupt because of like because of the gay and lesbian community. Like yeah. it's just so so funny. Well, that's what he's been reduced to. Yeah, if Victor about saying it, it must be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like our Russians like at home being like, oh, it's so good that Victor Bout's on TV and <laughs> someone's finally talking some sense into this. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that, but I, now I have to. It's so funny. Uh, and that is a nice that is a nice view, the one you shared yeah. about like uh, what each country valued and and also your disclaimer of like, this isn't a reflection no. of American <laughs> no, values. not at all. Um, and something that just uh, clicked in my mind just then is just like, all the people that were always like, maybe she shouldn't have been in possession of weed in a country that was foreign. Yeah. Uh, sorry, a country that that was illegal. Yeah. Um, I just, I was just thinking about like the demographic of people, the, the breakdown <laughs> demographic of people who would have said that exact thing. Uh, and that's just all, where I'm going to leave that. Yeah. No, I, I feel you. Welcome feel home. You. Welcome home, Brittany. Welcome home, BG. Uh, now, do we want to talk free agency? Brittany Griner coming in 2023. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 she's a free agent. Is, he, is she actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So... Uh, I mean, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of work and just being like, let's just, just give this some space and be like, mm. just glad that she's home. She can make a decision if she wants to play basketball, but she is also like one of the best center, you know, centers in the women's game in the world. Yeah. Uh, where, where would you like to see BG end up this season? If she does, <laughs> if she does play, I think, I think I want to, I would want to see her in Phoenix. Yeah. I think that that, that would feel the most right. Mm. Um, the storm keep having this like. 
uh, rotating center. I feel like we're going to have this like rotating higher gun center type thing over the next few years. And AZ is going to start the season at center and then um, take mm. the backup role as she did with Tina Charles. I don't think that, I think that Griner is still going to be one of yeah. the best centers in the league. And Definitely. I would I'll obviously love to see her in Seattle. Um, but I know, I think that the, the narrative in me wants to see, wants to see her in Phoenix. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, uh, it's where she'd feel most comfortable playing as well. You know, mm. well, I'm sure like she'd be welcome to open arms with open arms in any team in the league, obviously. Uh, and then also like that, we saw how that Phoenix team kind of, you know, like they looked threatening, uh, towards the end of the season last year with like nobody healthy at all. Mm. So, you know, uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith uh, gets healthy and then you got BG. Maybe you bring Tarasi back for another season. You mm. got Sophie Cunningham. Then it's like... Diamond right. Shields. Yeah, yeah, Diamond Shields. Uh, then it's like, all right, well, okay, there's just an immediate contender here again. Yeah. Um, from nowhere. The other interesting places I thought it would for her to go I think I think she would go to Phoenix mm. like if she comes back but Atlanta have the most cap space in the league mm. and uh, I think her and Ryan Howard would just be a fucking deadly pair um, and then Los Angeles uh, also famously in need of a center as well and have a lot of cap space to yeah on. also Aussie Christy Wallace plays in Atlanta mm. um, and yeah she had 18 starts last season and I think she's um like Tiffany Mitchell even said this on the podcast as well, but I think she's like, she's really becoming a, a more of a household name. Yeah. Than, uh, not just Australian basketball, but just basketball. Yeah. Um, and I think starting alongside Brittany Griner would, would help that, court, that that case as well. Mm. But I actually think Ryan Howard just zipping through a defense yeah. and then just like BG rim running and just yeah. operating in the key and just owning the key. They would, they would work really well together. Yeah. And even like BG as a playmaker in the elbow, mm. hitting, uh, p- passing to players on backdoor cuts. Like we've seen it in Phoenix, but see with like a younger team. Yeah. Um, she could really unlock a lot of, a lot of stuff for a younger team. Yeah. hundred percent. But, uh, um, round pick, sorry, round one, pick one, uh, by the sun, by the Mercury, sorry, for Brittany Griner, only ever played in Phoenix. Yeah. Korea. Um, how many times did she come off the bench in a career? Three zero. Wow! So hundred percent start rate in Phoenix. It's got to be the sun. Man. And wow, even LeBron doesn't have that. Damn! Hold that. <laughs> uh, but what LeBron does have <laughs> is four Michael Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> now we need to talk about it. Obviously, the NBA has ruined its awards. Fucking hell! Uh, Classic segue, by the way. <laughs> Uh, it's the, the NBA has recently released names, um, of X players for its main awards, the MVP, the DPOY, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have them up in front of me. Do you? I'm, I'm just getting them up right now. Yeah. Okay. So while you, while you get the dial up connecting, um, I feel like it was, I, when they made the East and Western conference, uh, player of the playoffs award, mm. I was okay with that. I was also okay with it being called Magic and Bird because it kind of makes sense. And also, if you're going to make a new new award, I think you can't just make it like Eastern Conference MVP, mm. Western Conference MVP. I think naming it after a player shows that it's like a Mickey Mouse award. Yeah, yeah, yeah And it yeah, signifies yeah. that it wasn't like one of the original awards. And like the Eastern Conference, Western Conference thing was good because it was like, it's not like okay, Larry was the best Western, uh, sorry, best Eastern Conference player ever, and Magic was the best Western Conference player ever. It was like no, they were, they were like coming out of the East and the West, mm. like as the best players in the league to to meet each other. Yeah, uh, which you know, kind of that kind of that kind of captures the magic of the NBA Finals. Yeah. like yeah, like you think of like LeBron and Curry, you know, coming and meeting year yeah. after year after year <laughs> out of the two conferences. Uh, but yeah, these ones, it's just like, I don't know, you could, it's taken away a lot of the pomp in the circumstance and making it very tacky. And then just yeah. the player choices. It's like, you can't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Take us through them. All right. So the MVP, uh, the most valuable player, uh, will, uh, come with the Michael Jordan trophy, uh, which is that graphic 
going around real about how it's like the NBA posted that. That's fucking so funny. So um, let's let's go through we've that, as get well. that up as well. I'm gonna pull that up. You go through the rest. <laughs> you go through the rest of the, the names. Defensive player of the year uh, has been named after Hakeem Olajuwon, and he's really earned that. <laughs> the rookie of the year trophy has been named for Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, yeah, one of the most dominant players in the league. <laughs> Now, as a rookie, I'm sure he was pretty good as well. Uh, sixth man of the year has been named after John Havlicek. Uh, yep. Uh, most improved uh, after George Mikan. Mm, okay. So the George Mikan one, I don't know because I don't know too much about George Mikan. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Clutch player of the year, Jerry West. Oh, yeah. He's clutch player of the year. That's a new one yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I just thought of one for rookie of the year because who is it named after? Will Chamberlain. They should name it after Tyreek Evans. Like, just <laughs> a player who clearly peaked in their rookie season, looked like they were on their way to becoming a superstar. But then, yeah, their career only went down <clears throat> after they... Um, what, and you get just, like, a completely blazed Tyreek Evans that everyone wants it That'd be so now. good. And in fact, that kind of... That captures the rookie spirit. Like, you can totally imagine, like... Paolo Bancaro, like... <laughs> yeah. Kind of being stoked to have Tyreek Evans there. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, however, yeah, so this went on the 76th, 76th season of the NBA and it wasn't broken. Like mm. <laughs> it was, it was actually, I actually loved it. Like yeah. MVP is just so to the point. You're not trying to like dress it up or anything. Um, fucking DPOY. They're all, I just think they're all, they're all, they're all perfect. Yeah. Um, now the Michael Jordan trophy, which is awarded to the Kia most valuable player. Sorry. The Kia NBA most valuable. Yeah. The Michael Jordan Trophy awarded to the Kia National Basketball Association most valuable player, and that's how it's going to be known from now on, features a 23-point faceted crystal ball, uh, which is a nod to his jersey number for anyone who didn't know. <laughs> a 23.6-inch height and weighs 23.6 uh, pounds, uh, representing his jersey number for the second time. <laughs> and... and- Number of championships. That's exactly right. A 15 degree angled base. A nod to his 15 season career. <laughs> a five sided base. A nod to his five league MVPs. <laughs> six sided nameplate representing his six championships. I'm really glad they got all of those. To, oh, Jesus. I'm really glad they got all of those to feature on the uh, Michael Jordan Trophy awarded to the Kia National Basketball Association. Most valuable player. The 23.6 inches and 23.6 pounds is the, the stupidest thing ever. Why? Well, that feels like my... <laughs> you know what? When I hold that, it's really got the weight of representing his jersey number and number of championships. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I'm actually I'm a bit speechless. Yeah. Also, they should have put a 4.5 on the thing and then just like a nod to Jay-Z's lyric. Wearing the four five, it ain't to play games with you, or something. Like if they want to make it so cringe, why don't just why don't just commit to the bit? Um, are they going all out for the other trophies? Like I think I might have seen. Like if you get a Hakeem, is he gonna be like? Uh, let me see. I haven't gotten a Hakeem in a while. Booty. Um, Hakeem. I, I I would assume I would assume that I would assume that they that they would. However, uh, okay. So, I actually hate this so much, man. Um, I, I would assume that they'll release it like over the coming coming days. Mm. Uh, like they'll release what each award looks like over the coming days. But yeah, it's not a good start, man. No, no. Uh, so, some of these other awards, right? The uh, sixth man of the year, uh, John Havlicek. Uh, who, yes, I'm sure he came off the bench a lot. Uh, he averaged 36 minutes a game over his NBA career. Really? Which is, um, I mean, that's more than like a lot of starters average. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if he really captures that six-man six spirit, really. Okay, John Havlicek, would you like to know how many career starts he had? Sorry, he played 1270 career games. How many starts did he have? Well, I'm looking at his basketball reference page. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> It, does, it doesn't count no, starts. No, they don't count starts. Okay. So I'm just going to have to say I'm sure that he came up the bench a lot. Um, the George Mikan one, I don't get that at all. Isn't that the guy who invented the Mikan drill? Uh, yeah, and they also, I think they made a rule for him, like maybe no, you can't spend yeah, three seconds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 He already has the Mikan rule. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't need the Mikan award as well. So this guy who they're calling the most improved player, he... In his rookie season, he averaged 28 points. Really? Uh, 
in his second season, he averaged 27 points. In his third season, he averaged 28 points. So I'm not really seeing the improvement from season upon season. Neither am I. It's going consistently <laughs> down. Um, is, also, it, is it because he like improved his rebounding by inventing the mic and drill? Like, I mean... <laughs> uh, looking at... I don't know when the Most Improved Player Award came into the mm, fold, mm. but uh, hopefully it came in after... Um, his career because he never won one. Yeah. <laughs> so the the um the eligibility to be named after one of these awards is that you've won at least one. I think one. so. Well, because okay, the the only the, the award that they have named famously previously is the Finals MVP award, mm. which is named after Bill Russell. The Bill Russell who didn't win a Finals MVP award because they didn't give him out. Right. But they were like, okay, oh. that guy should have won so many Finals MVP awards. Like, Maybe that's why they're naming them like that because John Havlicek never won a sixth sixth Player of the Year award. Mm-hmm. So maybe they are naming it after people who never won one. Right. Now, I think Kaleem, I think Kaleem Hilajewan, <laughs> I think he might have won a DPOI or two. So what do you, how do you reckon they should make it then? I think they just shouldn't do it. Yeah, okay, okay. So we're on the same page Because I see this thing where people are like, man, they should have named the... Uh, <laughs> or the, the Michael Jordan won in it, like some MVPs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not let that slide. Um, like they should, they should name uh, the six, six Man of the Year trophy after Lou Will mm. or uh, Jamal Crawford. And it's like, like I think of that, and I think that's bad as well. Yeah. Like if they're like, "Here's your Lou Williams trophy," I'd be like, <laughs> "Got another, <laughs> got another Lou Will." Yeah, yeah. Especially when he's kind of still floating around the edges of the league. Yeah, well, he's still know. within the realm of basketball. I, I think that one, Manu Ginobili, that would be like, that would be the, the name that I would accept the most. For that yeah. Award because same. he is he's. Like Lou Will, you're like, yeah, he was really good off the bench, but Manu Ginobili, he's a bit more legendary, you know? Yeah. Like, and I also think that they they need... I think they've done great um, to represent the players from, like, the 90s and mm. before, but I think they need some representation from the 2000s. Yeah. And, like, Manu was the sixth man yeah. of, like, all time. Yeah. Hence why we are both suggesting yeah, that he yeah. should be the sixth now, man. Now, some fucking old head's probably going to email us like they yeah. always do and be like, yeah, but that's exactly what John Havlicek was, man. He was the Manu Ginobili of the... 50s and 60s. Exactly right. <laughs> well, let me tell you, old head, put down the keyboard. Put down the iPad, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you can use your thumbs to type as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so that this is a big mess. Yeah, this is a big mess. And they can't really undo it, can they? They also made it out of nothing. Mm. Like, who was ever like... I mean, I'm not going to repeat myself. But it was but, it was the same with the Western and Eastern Conference, uh, you know, best player awards. It was like yeah. nobody asked for that. Yeah, yeah, even that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> just just thinking about Jason Tatum dusting off his mat. He's Larry. Yeah. Well, did he win it? Uh, no, I would assume he did. Yeah, yeah, he definitely won it. Mm, he anyway. better have anyway. I wonder if that comes up in your basketball reference. How many Larry Birds you've won? Yeah. He's got, here we go, 2021 to 22 Larry. Wow. ECF MVP. See, not even they're naming it. They're yeah. not even they're calling yeah. it the Larry. Anyhow, st- um, So funny. So funny. Man, even Dame doesn't have a freaking uh, African magic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what was next on our agenda? <laughs> uh, we got a bit agitated. I had, one good, I had one good segue for the episode. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of potential winners of the Magic Johnson award, uh, Trophy Award, uh, yep. <laughs> uh, Zion Williamson, jeez. Um, it's looking more and more realistic every day. Big fella. Uh, yeah, big fella. That he might make the NBA Finals once in his career and be the best, <laughs> best player in the Western Conference Finals. That seems believable. That, that seems so believable. So, you guys have a little bit of a... Uh, actually, it was nearly three weeks, maybe a month ago. It was nearly a month ago that I was saying... Um, Houston's going to have the Pelicans circled mm. on their on their schedule. And I was like, Pelicans are good. They're not good enough to be circled. Since then, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, listeners. I think Marco knows this. They're top of the West. Yeah, yeah, we, we really are. So it's only it's just getting better. <laughs> like things are actually just getting better in New Orleans. Yeah, so had seven game winning streak that included two just fucking... Awesome feeling wins against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, uh, it was broken yesterday with a loss to Utah. Uh, Brandon Ingram has not played a single game in that stretch. Uh, True, he is still out with a big, 
What do they call it? They call it a great toe contusion. Ah, it's a dreaded contusion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we haven't had him. We're missing CJ for a few games. So it's really, it's been completely powered by Zion playing. I mean, I think this might be the best basketball of his NBA career. Do you know what a contusion weeks. is? It's just like a bruise, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a scary word for a bruise. Oh my God. <laughs> I've got a contusion. <laughs> I did a blood test. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it positive. Contu- it contus. Yeah, positive that I have a contusion. Wow. Go on. <laughs> um, Zion Williams. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Zion Williams. You guys. So you guys had two really good wins against the Suns. Yeah. And it actually looked like they can't hang with you. Yeah. Well, they were hanging with you, but it felt like. Sorry, in the first game they were not, but then in that second game they were they were hanging with you. Um, felt really good to see Chris Paul get mm. fouled out on the overturned. In such circumstances, kicking out the legs, you little fucking prick. That's got to be the best feeling. <clears throat> That's got to be every NBA fan's favorite moment of the season. Is Chris Paul getting fucking fouled out of the game with a leg kick? Yeah, and then DeAndre Ayton fouled out yeah. late in the I late think, in the uh, fourth quarter. Um, I think it was right at the beginning of OT actually. Oh no, shitting! Yeah, yeah. Was CP <clears throat> at the end of fourth or in OT? Wait, uh, that was at the end of the fourth. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that okay. was with like five minutes to go or something like that. Yeah. In the fourth? Oh, no shit. Yeah. One of them was in OT, one of them yeah, was in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm getting them mixed up. Anyway. Anyhow. I was just so elated. Yeah. So you guys you guys are really looking like you're top of the West. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I mean, we're, we're equal with Memphis at the moment and we still have uh, another game against Utah, the Bucks and the Suns again. This yeah. time at home, the revenge game. <laughs> um, was the last one at Phoenix? No, no, we, we sorry, sorry. It, I should have said at Phoenix. We played back. We played back to backs at the Smoothie King Center, yeah. which is like the NBA scheduling gods. That's probably the best thing they've ever done. Mm. Is is uh, have a Friday night and a Sunday afternoon game at the Smoothie King Center yeah. against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, um, that first game was. It's like really. I think. I think that's the first time I've ever seen Zion emotional during mm. a basketball game. Mm. Uh, I think. There was a moment in the game where CP3 was poking Jose Alvarado in his contused ribs. He has he had a rib contusion. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was just doing like the little like tap, like reach around and tap. Wow. And I think Zion took wind of it. And it was the first time I've been like, oh, you're actually harnessing all of your like emotions and energy yeah. into playing basketball. And he just went nuts. He was just dunking on absolutely everyone. Mm. And then... Uh, Famously, another another late uh, late game snafu by the Pelicans, if you will, uh, um, with the game already out of out of the question uh, that we'd won. Uh, CP CP three took a uh, absolutely bricked the layup. Larry Nance full court pass to Zion, mm. three sixty windmill dunk that shocked the nation and uh, <laughs> upset Cameron Payne quite a bit. And yeah, it was just so out of character for Zion, who was yeah. like just. You know, without any hint of irony, so humble mm. and so sort of contained. And then in the post game interview, he's like, Yeah, it was really hard being on the bench and watching this Phoenix team, you know, eliminate my teammates last season. Yeah. And like, I got a bit heated. Yeah. Do you reckon there's a, there's a part of this from Zion that's like he's trying to prove himself to the Pelicans now? I think so. Yeah. Cause that's what it feels like. Yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. It feels like he's kind of like stripped back. I don't know, I, I'm not going to be able to make this point well, but it feels like he's like, understands his role in the greater team a little bit more now. Yeah. And also kind of realizes how unstoppable he is. Mm, mm. Um, and and I, and it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. In terms of <laughs> the viewing experience, it's really, really good. But man, Zion is just having an incredible yeah. season. I think that's a really good point, what you just said. Earlier in the season... He was playing well, but not at his best. And we were, but we were good kind of in, in spite of him. Like, mm-hmm. we're like, this is the same team that was, you know, like rolling out at the end of last season. Like, we're just above 500 team. And I think sort of, yeah, last 10, 12 games, Zion is proving that, like, he can be, like, the added bit. He's the mm. extra player that brings us from, like, a, you know, a late playoff, early play-in team to, like, an actual top one, two, three seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, I think everyone everyone else on the team is like, yeah, we'll, we'll do our role. We'll keep doing what we do. If you can just get out there and drop the most efficient 30 points you've ever seen in your entire life, then, 
yeah, we're going to be a really good basketball team. Yeah, last eight games, 30 points on 66%, uh, nine boards and five assists to go with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like, though, he's like, it feels like he's an X Factor superstar. Mm. Like, uh, I, that, but that also feels rude because he does feel like a superstar. <laughs> but it does feel like the rest of the team has their flow mm. and then Zion just busts through it every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, I feel like his role is like, but no, I actually don't feel bad saying that that X Factor superstar thing because I feel like his role is completely different to every other player in the league's role yeah. on their 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 own teams. One hundred percent. I think it's like when when he gets the ball, the D like completely drops one game plan and picks up another one. Yeah, you know, like uh, if he's bringing the ball up, like the wall's already there. So if he drives, then it's. I mean, that's and that's what has been so good in these games that we haven't had uh, Ingram or sometimes CJ is like, okay, Zion's the primary ball handler. He's an excellent passer. Like, yeah. On top of all of his other skills, he can like, he can really find his teammates like on the perimeter. Uh, and then, yeah, if Zion doesn't have the ball, it's sort of like the D is just anticipating like, okay, when's he going to get the ball and how are we going to recover yeah. to deal with it? Uh, so I think, I think you're right. I think it is like, it's a different ball game. Like the second he touches the ball, mm. um, but there's just so much else good going on in this Pelicans team that, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, that's kind of what it was in the Stan Van Gundy season. It was like, oh, okay, well, when he doesn't have the ball or he's on the bench, like, there's just nothing going on. And we, yeah. We need him to... He's not, having, he's not having to will us to victories. He's just having to play exactly how he wants the players, which, like, I'm going to take 16, 17 shots. I'm going to hit 13... 12 or 13 of them. Yeah. And then you guys just do everything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to get this win streak up that you guys have gotten, mm. that you guys have been on recently. Um, but I, I can't find a way to do, do it. Do you want me to tell you the teams or? Uh, no, I just want to get the game log up. <laughs> show me. Show me game log. Because I was trying to look at it through Zion's stats, but because he's missed a few games due to injury. Oh, yeah. Well, in that seven-game win streak, yeah, he 30 points, nine rebounds, five assists, one and a half steals, a block, 66.9% shooting, which I think you mentioned. Mm. Uh, sneaky 33% from uh, three as oh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a very LeBron James-esque 74% from the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> very LeBron James-esque. Hello and welcome to The Deep Two. I'm Mr. Both My Man, How Are We? And I co-host a weekly NBA podcast that I think you'd like. The Deep Two, named after Josh Smith's favourite shot, has us rambling on about everything that goes on in the NBA world, all the way from game recaps, 12-season hypotheticals, to Warriors exceptionalism. Join us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. Dante, you've got to talk about the freaking website. The freaking website, true. TheDeep2.com, so simple, I can't believe it, is our very own website where you can read long-form articles on all of the day's big basketball topics. The Pensman that you guys know as the JVG NBA Tribute Show Boys even feature on there from time to time, so check it out. Okay, Dante, now you can send us off. Peace. So in your guys' last 15 games, you've only dropped three of them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like last time we talked about both of our teams, we had won six of our last seven, mm. uh, uh, having uh, quite a substantial homestand as well. Mm. And you guys kept that momentum. We didn't. And now Kuz wants out. Yeah, right. So what's the deal with that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I thought I had one good segue for the episode. <laughs> but I guess you had two. But I guess I had two. <laughs> I'm really worried about this. Now, mm. the Wizards have come out and said we don't want to trade Kuz. Uh, I would tend to agree with that. Um, however... Uh, what what did we exactly say? We, uh, we said uh, the the we really covered him, and we are definitely open to signing him to a long term extension. Um, and uh, Kyle Kuzma is also coveted by Sacramento, Phoenix, and New York, as well as Atlanta. Uh, uh, the, oh no, sorry, the Lakers. The Lakers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throwing their hat into the ring. If only, if only they could find a way to get him. <laughs> now, oh sorry, and the Hawks. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think that yeah, quite a lot. Quite most teams would be looking for like a good wing, mm. like a good handy wing that can that has a pretty versatile game, um, and you know sounds sounds like the type of guy you want to retain as well, especially at twenty seven. Yeah, probably got five more years of this ahead of him, maybe three. If we're even being modest, like three yeah. is still a long, a pretty long time. Yeah. Um, and maybe some of those teams in our emerging <coughs> section of our 
uh, last episode, should be looking at adding a Kyle Kuzma, cough, cough, Sacramento. Mm, mm. Um, even I feel, actually, I was going to say the Pelicans, but maybe just don't touch anything right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. let it keep rolling. <laughs> but I'm quite worried. Like, I don't want to lose him. I think that he's been my favorite wizard over the past year and a half. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just think that I wouldn't want to lose him. Regardless of what's coming back, I just don't think... Because the pieces coming back will fall into being Beal and Porzingis's subsidiary yeah. pieces. And what is... You know, fucking where... Yeah. We, we've seen how good a team led by Beal and a team led by Porzingis is, and it's not no, good. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Kuzma is almost like your most untouchable player. Like, <laughs> because Beal... I mean, Beal just comes with his own baggage as, like, the best player on the team, mm. you know? And I think, I, I don't know, I won't speak for you, but I think if there was a good if there was a good Donovan Mitchell-esque deal for Beal on the table, a deal for Beal, mm. <laughs> you might call it. Like, you, you would think about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. Because um, it also comes with the losing 50 mil per year for yeah. the next four slash five years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Porzingis is just, like, yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to be a reliable NBA player. Fucking like, talk about blokes with no mindset. Yeah. <laughs> You're 7'3". Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, Kuz is like, you know, he's by no means a superstar, uh, but he is like, he's the perfect build for the NBA. He can shoot the three. He's a pretty good defender. And then he just comes with the bonus of being like one of the like best undersized rebounders in the league mm. as well. Um, so... I think as much as other teams are coveting him, like the Wizards should want to keep him because like any any iteration of a future Wizards team yeah. is just going to be better with Kyle Kuzma on it. Yeah, a six ten wing that can do quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And also the other thing is like his game sense mm. and um, and his wants to win. I think uh, are values that not many other Wizards have. Mm. Like <clears throat> I think Kispert kind of shows them. Man, Beal doesn't. Fucking Porzingis doesn't. Um, actually, I want to say that the list kind of ends at Kuz and Kispert. Mm. Potentially, um, Monte Morris and DeLon Wright. Uh, and I think that that would come as a result of not having spent a lot of their career in Washington. <laughs> they learned how to fucking compete. Um, but yeah, there's just... I think we'd lose a lot of structure with, mm. with Kuz going out. And I just think that the... The distance between the top end of the roster and the bottom end of the roster would really take a hit um, with Kuz not kind of binding everyone together. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, let, let's go through those teams and sort of imagine what the trade might look like. Uh, and I mean, you know, I don't think we, I don't really think we need to focus on the other team because I think really any team is going to get better yeah. <laughs> in this situation. So then it's like, what are you are you trading for a player who can help you compete now or are you trading for assets but then you've got Beal and Porzingis on the team so like yeah. you're not really bottoming out so like okay well the Phoenix let's say uh, is that a Jay Crowder trade yeah okay. that's Jay Crowder but then Jay Crowder I think and another player and I think Jay Crowder is the third best player yeah with Kuz and whoever the other player is yeah. um, I don't think I would want Cam Johnson Mm. Mikel Bridges is too good. Yeah. So, and and I would <clears throat> I would assume it would be a wing. So I don't know, and I don't want it to be Tory Craig. Yeah. Tory Craig. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. And then you're getting uh, some more wings that you don't really want. Yeah. As well. <laughs> yeah. I think the Jay Crowder piece is nice, but it can't be the piece that gets Kuzma away, or yeah. that lures Kuzma away from the Wizards. Yeah. So and also then you got to think about the Phoenix side of things. Um. They add Kuzma, but I just think that they would have to really be winning a trade for them to remove a rotational piece from their team. Yeah. Considering how much success they've had recently. Yeah. Uh, so I just think that the the Phoenix one won't happen. Yeah. Um, as for the Sacramento one, mm. I think it's kind of the sim kind of a similar deal to the to the Phoenix one. We've got all this stuff going right in Sacramento. It was just have all this stuff going wrong. There is this player that we really want, but why would we disrupt what we're doing to mm. add this player if we're not going to blow them out of the water? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I think I'd like... I mean, I'm, all the players I'm thinking of, the Kings would just instantly hang up. Yeah. Like Herder, see you later. Yeah. Absolutely no. Yeah. Sabonis uh, would be a really bad idea um, for the Wizards. 
Um, um, and, and the Kings. What would it be? Would it be like, I don't know, Harry Barnes and some picks or something like that? Like, yeah, but even you... then, I don't know why you would do that. That yeah. still might be a bit too much of a disruption to, yeah. to the team. Yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, I think that although the Kings have lost three of their last four... I think there's too much going right there. Mm. I do I do think the Kings are screaming out for like a really good wing though. Yeah. Because then, I, then you have like yeah, if you if you're rolling out uh Sabonis, Fox, Kuzma, uh Kevin Herder, and like, you know, another four or three, that's like that's a, it's a good it's a nice balance <clears throat> offense. I mean, you know, their defense is really bad. I don't know if Kuzma is really going <laughs> to nah. elevate it to the next level. He's but, a good defender, but he's reliant on pieces around yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, Kuzma played so well next to Sabonis, you know, just like yeah. feeding off uh, what he creates, cutting, like popping up in the corner. Uh, then, yeah, you've got a whole bunch of shooters and then your, your two sort of main offensive engines in Sabonis and Fox. Mm. But... Yeah, is it like is it is it too is it too early in the Sacramento Kings kind of renaissance for them to be like, all right, let's change what we're doing and try and get better? I don't, I don't think it's too early, but I just don't know what the trade will be. Yeah, yeah. Because even Harry Barnes, I think, I think it would be a bad idea to trade him. I think after the career he's had, I think that he's just like, I think there's a lot of non-basketball stuff he brings mm. to this team. Like, imagine you're an NBA champion, you come over to the Kings as this like. As their marquee player, like yeah. you're, you're you're dropping a bag on him. Oh, sorry, they traded to get him from Dallas, right? Yeah, I'm remembering that right. I'm not yeah, but he, he was on a bit of a bad contract. Yeah, from Dallas. Yeah, but but <clears throat> you still you still brought him over, mm. and now he's starting playing 31 minutes a game and averaging nine shots. Mm. Like I think that um, for a, for a player to give up so much and trust so much in like Mike Brown and then also the rest of the team, I think that's the t- I think that there's no wonder they had such a good stretch this season being led by someone like that. So then you remove that guy as your oldest player and your leader, and then you bring in Kuz, and then now Kuz is the oldest player in the rotation. Yeah, he has to learn how to true, lead true, true. on the fly. I don't think it's a good yeah. idea. And ha- yeah, Harrison Barnes has been there as like the veteran presence for yeah. a very long time. But you know, like uh, all things, all, and through a lot of bad years as yeah. well, he's kind of stuck with the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. There. Yeah. So then, and like you look down the list of the Kings players, and it's just like there's no there's trades that both teams say no to. Mm. Like Herder for Kuz, I think both teams say no to yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keegan Murray plus. See ya. Uh, Keegan Murray, both. I mean, sorry, the Kings definitely say oh, no yeah, to that. No way. Absolutely um, not. So yeah, I just don't think that there's a realistic <clears throat> trade with the Kings. Yeah. The King, however, again. <laughs> I don't know if there's a realistic trade <laughs> with the Lakers, unless it's like the Westbrook and two picks trade. Yeah, then that'd be fucking hilarious, yeah, man. That would be so funny. But I actually also think that'd be a good move for the Lakers. Mm, mm. Um, and I actually we wouldn't be able to take on all that money. No. So I don't know who else we'd have to God, offload. I imagine you had Beal and Russ's contract. I mean, it's till, it's till the end of the season. Yeah. Like... Or how about this, right? Beal, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kuz and Porzingis for Westbrook. We get off the Porzingis money. Wow. We go straight into the rebuild. We get the Lakers two picks in however many years. I think I actually really like that. But then, and Beal's still there? <laughs> if he wants to be, he's got the no trade clause. Oh, yeah, he can okay. fucking I decide, see. dude. I see what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd say to that is you're sort of just like getting rid of players. Like, yeah, man, but like, where? What are yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both had us in yeah. limbo. But we've just we've just spoken about if there's anyone you want to hold on to on this Washington team is Carl Kuzma. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But if we're gonna drop him, mm. we're going down with the shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that would be that would be a sort of um, that would be a really epic level, epic level tank. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Those two guys for Russell Westbrook. Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> It'd be this is like little last five year stretch of yeah. Wizards and Lakers history of just like constantly being in each other's trades and neither of us having success, <laughs> just cycling through these below average players. Man, well, okay, I guess that's a possibility. Next up, we have the Knicks, and next up, we have the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> so on this Hawks team, again, I don't know is DeAndre Hunter. I don't think they trade. Neither uh, do I. John Collins. 
Yeah, I think if th- I think that's what it would be. Yeah, and then we would have to figure something else out after that. <laughs> but I feel like John Collins and Coos are not like for like, no. but they s- fill somewhat similar roles. They both play at the power. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. I think that John Collins. I think that Washington is one of the few places John Collins could survive. But then I also think we would need a pick or something or a younger player. Um, but I mean, yeah, what the, the, like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, John Collins. What too small to play the five. Too slow to play the four. Mm. I I think he should retire, personally. But like Kuzma, twenty five. <laughs> Kuzma would just be such a better fit next to yeah. either of Atlanta centers, Capella yeah. or Okongwu. Uh, because yeah, hey, yeah, he can actually defend forts. He's actually quite good at that. Yeah. Um. He and then he can even switch down low and the rotate. You know, lower lower down the court, which John Collins absolutely cannot do. Mm. Uh, he's a, I'd say a better shooter. Uh, I'd say a better facilitator. Like yeah. you know, Kuzma has some pretty uh, some some pretty cheeky like five, six, seven assist games from time to time. Mm. Uh, John Collins is not doing that. Kuzma has some random like 36, 12, and seven games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which John Collins doesn't do, <laughs> yeah. or like hasn't done since I don't know what, like his second season or something like that. Uh, so yeah, that would be a huge upgrade for Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes sense for Atlanta. You roll out Trey um, Young. Oh, no, you go, sorry. Trey Young, Deontay Murray, DeAndre Hunter, Kuz, and Capella. That's that's a... As a five, that's really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Kuz just, like, raises the floor of those other players yeah. as well, being able to space out. Yeah, yeah. Adds adds more shooting. Um, uh, John Collins, man. Uh, third season in the league, shot 40% this season from three. Yeah. This season, 20, uh, 21.9. Yeah. He's averaging 0.7 a game. That's not good. Makes, that is. That is not good at all. No. Um, uh, but then, yeah, it's like what gets that deal done? The Hawks have already given up however many picks to get DeJounte Murray. So are, yeah. they, are they like, is this going to make us good enough to beat the Bucks in the playoffs? Yeah. No. Probably not. <laughs> Although it would, it would make them, it would make sense. Who's fits the timeline, mm. um, and they can roll that that timeline out for the you know four more years. Yeah, I think it's that thing. It's like once once you start digging the trench, you have to keep digging. You know, you made the Dejounte Murray trade. You can't be like, all right, the, the, but we're just gonna hold it there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you've already sold away your future, you need to keep selling it away. Yeah. Um. So I I actually I actually think that one makes it more sense. I don't know. I don't like the fit of John Collins on the Wizards. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> From basketball point, yeah. I love it. From a we need to make some more decisions. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to. We need a. We need a. Let's start with a one week plan. Mm. We need a one week plan. Mm. Then after that, we need this a one month plan. Let's trade Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then in this off season, in this off season, let's maybe think for the next season, mm-hmm. and then let's think about what the implications of this season will have on the season after. Um, and I just think it would just shake up uh, the Wizards, and I've. I keep coming back to this place, <laughs> like quite frequently. I keep coming back to this place, and it's probably around the twenty-eight game mark every season where I'm like, "Oh no, we're still actually just bad." Yeah. In the, in the um in in the wider in the wider view of the league in our history, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, I'm I'm fully on the side of just dropping a bomb on Washington. So mm. then we have to figure it out. <laughs> um, but I feel like the thing that I've learned from this exercise is that. We there are no trades. Mm. There are no trades that both sides will be happy with. Um, I glossed over the Knicks as a joke, but like no, I, it was no, also wasn't talking, a joke. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Uh, that's not real. Uh, <laughs> I, I I genuinely think uh, I've sort of I've sort of said it without saying it a couple of times. But John Collins in the first rounder for Kyle Kuzma, I think that works. I think it works as well. Do they have Do they have a first rounder to that, pick? That I cannot do. Are you going Fanspo? <laughs> do you go Trade Machine? No, I was, I was just going to search Atlanta Hawks future picks. I always go to Fanspo. I always That's go to true. the Trade That's Machine. That's probably the faster way to do it. Oops. Especially when you pick places. Click. Click. Play. Fuck. Click paces. Oh, they you don't have... go to prosportstransactions.com? Oh, they actually do have a couple of their picks. And they also have picks from other teams. But they, like, they can't trade their... Can they trade... They can trade their this year pick. Oh, because oh, they, they have their next year pick, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they can also trade their this year pick and a pick via Sacramento from next year, which might be a little bit less valuable <laughs> due to their recent success. Then they also have like a bunch of seconds, and you know GMs love like three seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
I think I think that would get you it. You know why GMs love three seconds? Because that's how long they usually <laughs> yeah, freaking last, that's, dude. That's fucking right, my guy. Uh, yeah, when uh, they're fucking my team. Also, <laughs> and they're fucking my team up. <laughs> Very good. Although in the Wizards' case, it's fucking ten years. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God, you were on one for about 15 seconds just then. Yeah, right. Yeah, fucking longer than those jams. <laughs> um, well, that's all I got. What do you got? Um, Let me, let's, let's put it back on you, actually. <laughs> what do you think a realistic coup's deal is? And what would be your ideal situation? Like, what would you? where would you want to see coups? Um, it's, I, tra- it's like trades didn't matter. Yeah, I think, okay, if, if realistic deal, I actually think Collins in the first. Yeah. Uh, if trades didn't matter, I... Think he'd look really. I think he'd look really good in Phoenix. I think, I I think he would be a better option than Cameron Johnson or Jay Crowder. Mm. Uh, in terms of you know teams that want him, that's the one I think he'd look the best on. In terms of anywhere, I don't, like I think he'd fit on any team in the league. Really. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, let's say Chris Middleton fucking blew his ACL tomorrow. Like Kyle Kuzma could go play the three in in uh, in. In uh, Milwaukee, pretty easily. in that town. In Milwaukee, pretty easily, I think. Um, and then would sort of give him like give him a bit more, a bit more size that isn't Bobby Portis. Uh, yeah. You know, like if you have to send Lopez to the bench and play Giannis at the five or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he. Yeah, I think he'd look. I think he'd look good just about anywhere. Mm. Uh, like Philly, you know. Uh, I don't. I don't really like Tobias Harris very much, mm. or anyone else they really put at the power forward. Uh, so yeah, imagine him in that situation. I, I don't actually like that. You don't like that? Well, because I don't like it for four coups. Oh, I don't right. like that situation oh, what you're saying. because yeah, 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 yeah. it adds to a depth that they already have 35 mil tied up in. Mm. But he would be better than mm. Tobias Harris for sure. Mm. Um, hey, what about Tobias Harris or Carl Kuzma? Oh, that would be another one that just like, <laughs> oh, you know what, man? I'd actually just buy it as as the Wizards. I'd just have to fucking buy into it. Like, okay, if this is what we're riding with. <laughs> Then I'm I'm a fucking fan. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be so bad. Um, uh, I mean, you know, where he he just does not fit on the Pelicans like roster roster yeah. wise. If Zion could figure out how to play the five, though, uh, I think you you could have you could have just the craziest fucking lineup with like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's go like CJ, C. Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Zion. That would be so good. <laughs> it would be fucking crazy. Yeah. Also, he, that could just be the option when teams go small, mm. um, which they usually do in the playoffs. Yeah. But so I, maybe that's a really good idea, man. But I think there's got to be a starting position for him. Like, uh, I think he's got to be a starter wherever he goes, Kuzma. Do you reckon he wants that? Yeah, I think so. I think he wants that as well, but I actually think he would accept a bench role on a on a contender. True. Um, I've looked at I've, I went to Tobias Harris's basketball reference page to see how old he is. Do you know how old he is? Uh, twenty eight. Thirty. A thirty. And his production is just a pendulum. Like throughout <laughs> his whole career, there's no like there's no linearity to it. There's no. There's no trend. <laughs> like, if you put this into an algorithm, it'd just be so confused. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be able to spit out like the gradient. <laughs> it's just everywhere. He just randomly had 17 points for Orlando when he was 20. Mm. 17 points per after he got traded there from Milwaukee. Yeah, and, and then it just de- also feels like he's been in Philly for like 10 years. Yeah, definitely longer than the, the four years that they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> four and a half, I guess. Yeah, this is weird. Mm. It's like consistently inconsistent. I think he'll be like genuinely one of the weirdest basketball players. Because also like fucking look at how, how many games has he started since his like third season in the league? Pretty much all. Yeah, nearly all of them. Uh, and none of the teams he's been on have really been very good. Either. They haven't had crazy success. I can no. actually tell you how many games he's. Oh no, it's actually quite a few. He hasn't started forty-one games. Yeah. Well, I guess that he hasn't started half a season in the last eight seasons. Mm. Mm. <sighs> well, there you go, Tobias Harris. I also, guess. Also, I can't remember him making a highlight after Orlando, and it's approximately <laughs> seven years since then. <laughs> Damn. Poor fella. Raise the cat. <laughs> they, they really... um Yeah, and Philly really put their chips in for him, didn't they? Yeah. 
They're still, they're still, <laughs> they're still sending him those chips. He's still starting every single game for them. Yeah, he's never not started for them. <laughs> Let's just get his contract up for for anyone. Anyone for who anyone doesn't who, know. For anyone who doesn't know how many years he has left. He still has another year after this one. Jesus. Um, and then it'll probably be over in Philly. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but he is Channing Fry's cousin, so there is that to Yeah. There is that to consider. Yeah, he also was, uh, he went to high school in Dix Hills. <laughs> Bye. (laughs) See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden-Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducasse, with production by Mock B. Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7am.